Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, yes, we're back. Welcome to the uh, Greatest Story Never Told podcast. Episode number 55, I believe, is where we're at now. And uh, although, uh, as we tell you all the time, we don't really have uh, an official sponsor that we know of, we invite you to be an unofficial sponsor of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast by making a donation to one of our three local fisher houses in the Pacific Northwest. And wouldn't you know it, we get an email. So, oh, what do you know? Yeah. Says, gentlemen, I finally took the time to make a donation to the Fisher House. My donation is in the name of my business, One Woman Spa. You know the one. The one we need to get you fellows into for some beehole waxing. Yeah. I wanted to share my greatest story never told. Uh-huh. Nice. All right, Rose, here we go. August 2019, my 19-year-old son was diagnosed with leukemia. Shortly after diagnosis... Way to be positive. Yeah, he was going to start chemo. One of the common effects of chemo is infertility. Doctors told us there were options for my son to save some of his swimmers. Since he was only 19, he decided that he would rather save some than regret it later. Now, since he was severely immunely uh, compromised and really, really sick, he couldn't leave the hospital to go to the fertility clinic to, quote, make his deposit. So he had to take care of his business in his room and trusted a family member or friend uh, needed to deliver the deposit within 30 minutes of it exiting the body to a fertility clinic. Mm. So the day came, and we chose the day. I left his hospital room and headed down to the family room. I thought it wouldn't take long. He's 19. Minutes passed by, and I started to wonder, what, what is taking so long? He finally texts me and says he's done, and he had a, quote, little problem. The fact that he knew his mom was waiting for him to finish, I would think, would go a mm-hmm. long way. I hurried back to the room because time is limited. As I walk in, he holds the cup up to my face and asks, is this enough? No. <laughs> I missed the cup the first time and had to go again, and less came out the second time. All I could say was I had no effing idea how much was enough or not enough. I snapped the lid on the cup and put it in a padded envelope. Now, when you're in transport with a sample, you need to keep it warm. So the instructions say to hold it between your thighs or in your armpit. Mm. I went armpit all the way. (laughs) I hopped onto the UW Medical Center shuttle and delivered the sample to a fertility clinic without incident. When I got back to the hospital, he tells me about his problem. He was holding his phone instead of propping it up on the counter and not the cup. So when the time came, he didn't grab the cup soon enough and missed. Not quite the thing you think about. You'll be discussing with your kid. That being said, I got to hug my grandbabies before anyone else. It's been a year plus since his diagnosis, and he has endured three rounds chemo, a bone marrow transplant, 95 days in the hospital, hours and hours in the outpatient clinic, and tons of medical torture. Today he's healthy and working his hardest to uh, stay uh, uh, that way amid our cute little pandemic. And hey, guys, if you uh, don't want to get waxed on air, we could do it uh, during uh, one of the podcasts. Love you bunches. Toodles. That from Rose at One Woman Spawn Tacoma. Rose, why do you think I want my butthole wax so bad? I don't want my butthole wax. She's been offering this for years. Leads me to believe she knows something about my butthole I don't know. Like, I, want I, I don't want to do it. I want bleached and waxed. I want to get the whole kit and caboodle taken care of. <laughs> Just to say I did it. Uh, but yeah, Rose, uh, thank you for your uh, donation to the Fisher House for $100 in cash. Uh, we really appreciate that. That is uh, that is great. And as you know, the uh, Fisher House uh, provides home uh, away from home 
for family members of uh, veterans and of active military service members who were hospitalized at one of the uh, two uh, local hospitals, the Joint Base Lewis-McChord. Mm-hmm. And it provides a home so families can lend support to their family members as they often have to deal with some difficult and lengthy stays at these hospitals, uh, times where they'd be sleeping in the parking lot or what have you. Fisher House provides them a, com- a comfortable room. There's a kitchen. There's a living room. There are families that are going through similar, uh, you know, things with their own family members. So I think Rose should system. offer her services there. Like, listen, yeah. while you're at the Fisher House, <laughs> I'll also wax your butthole. Right. So when your loved one, you know, when they heal up, they're like, man, oh, man, baby, I don't, I don't remember you having such a, <laughs> a smooth anus before. And they can say, hey, it's Rose, a one-woman yeah. spa. She yeah, hooked yeah. us up. We'll bring a six-pack of men's room red. She'll do the rest. And off you go. How's that? Does that work out for everybody? <laughs> All right, so since Rose brought this up, we will, uh, we'll let you inside a couple little stories here, uh, medically speaking. We won't get too graphic on this, but uh, a couple stories to share. I've already told the story of the time that I got... Uh, some type of STD and had to ride back home from the hospital on a motorcycle when my uh, legs were basically numbing down yeah. toward my toes as I was driving. By the time I got home, I couldn't get my foot off of the uh, off the brake, off of the clutch. I was just stuck. I was stuck in one gear, using my front brake only, and just trying to hope to pray there was no red lights in my future. But either way, uh, uh, speaking of the junk downstairs... <laughs> I had. There's uh, so much more to that story. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot more to that story. <laughs> but uh, I had. Um, so, when my first child was born, she was. Uh, she she had a lot of problems, mm-hmm. and uh, she ended up in. The Namely, hospital. her dad. Yeah, exactly. That was the biggest one. But she had a lot of problems, and uh, she had a lot of uh, issues that needed to be taken care of. She had uh, a huge hole in her heart. She was born without an esophagus. All these different things. And I spent a lot of time in the hospital with her. At the time, it wasn't the biggest deal in the world because she was my first child. I didn't know any different. Sure. It wasn't a big deal. You just did what you needed to do. Right. Get the kid to the doctor's appointment. Uh, always positive. Kid was always doing better, you know, taking the next step. So it was never like too much, but it was it was still a lot. A lot of overnights in the hospitals and everything like that. So, you know, you get to that point in that window where, you know, after like three months or two and a half months, you're allowed to have sex again. Right. Well, between doing different shifts and, you know, as far as me and uh, uh, their mom at the time and all that stuff, we were going back and forth. We were just passing each other in the night. You know what I mean? I, I would come in to take over the night shift and sleep at the hospital. She'd go home, et cetera, et cetera. We just kept passing each other all the time. So when the time came, at one point in time where we actually got to take our, uh, our kid home and everything else, and the, it was on the table to have sex again, we had sex. I mean, we had sex. Like, look out, we're having right. some sex. She got pregnant immediately. And at the same time, I can barely keep up with the first kid. Right, right. So to say, to, to if I had video now of when she told me that she was pregnant, I would probably be embarrassed for myself. <laughs> because I guarantee you the, action, the reaction to me, I know what it was. I, as soon as she said, hey, I, I got to tell you something, I'm pregnant. I'm like, mother <laughs> 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 I think I ran out of the house. I'm going, <laughs> I mean, I was f-ing livid, right. livid. Granted, I just had her over Sunday night. She is a lovely child. Does she know that story? She is an adult. I don't believe so. Thank God she doesn't. You didn't share that over Thanksgiving. Oh, I was so freaking pissed off. I could not believe this. I could not believe this. <laughs> so here's what I do. I mean, I was livid. Livid. Kids have no freaking idea. By the way, I'm I'm in the wrong on this. It has nothing to do with, you know, it wasn't her fault. You know what I mean? It, so anyway, I'm just, I cannot believe this has happened to me. I cannot believe because the medical bills are piling up, all this different stuff. It's just, it was too much for me. 
So I get on the phone immediately, like the next day, and I call to get a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. This is where my head is. I am just like, F this. This is not how, ha- if I am this potent, no way. No way. Because she got pregnant when she was on uh, the pill. Good so like, God, man. I'm like, if I am that potent, you know, like this is. <laughs> Do you ejaculate Vikings? Let's like, roll! I don't know what was going on. I don't know what was going on. Nothing so, will stop us. So I go, uh, so I go, and, uh, and, and what I don't realize is uh, I, I get a prescription for like six Percocet or Percodan or something like that. Mm. I'm going to be awake during this, and uh, he will localize the area with a numbing agent. But for the most part, as far as overall pain or just my head and everything, I'm supposed to take these Percocet. Now, what I didn't realize was, was that the number of Percocet in the bottle were also for after the procedure, mm-hmm. for, for the pain after the fact. You're supposed to go in a little bit numb, you know, in your head, but you, you need these pills for pain afterward. And I think they gave me, say, six or ten pills, right? And the, and the guy says, take, uh, take one or two Percocet, and then, you know, come on in and see me. Well, I take four. <laughs> I am loopy. I just remember I cannot barely walk into the clinic. Right. I'm just like because <laughs> I, I I knew I was going to watch my penis get cut into, and I just figured I better be kind of mess, messed up. So the doctor, I think I was wearing like a Ravens T-shirt or whatever, and he looks at me. He's like, Ravens, huh? I was like, Yeah. He's like, I'm a Skins fan. I'm like, Oh God. So he starts talking, season ticket holder, Washington football, sure, sure. all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, my pants are off. He's operating on me, and I'm watching him inside do all this stuff to my satchel. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I'm just like, whoa, that's what the inside looks like? You know, I see down in there and everything else, and he ties me up and cauterizes me or whatever the deal is. And I, he, he says, hey, look, just go home and ice it and, you know, take the rest of your Percocet for pain. I'm like, I only got like, you know, four or three left. <laughs> so I ran out of pain medication really quick, which sucked. Um, but he's like, you know, you should be able to resume, you know, normal activity in three days, maybe four days. I'm like, well, what's, can I go running? He's like, well, maybe, you know, it just depends on how things heal up. Just ice up and see what you can do. Don't, don't do too much. So three days passes. If you know me, I can't sit still. I'm just like, this is crazy. This is driving me nuts. I can't stay on the couch all day. This is I'm I'm, I'm going crazy after like three days. You know, I can only get high so much. And, right. You know, I can't masturbate. So it's like you know, like <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm a prisoner trapped in my own house. So on day four, I decide that I'm going to go running. I'm just going to go out and take a little jog. I ended up doing like three and a half miles. I come back home. I take a shower. All's good. Everything is good. There's no problems. I sit on the couch. And all of a sudden, I feel my legs start spreading apart. And the reason they're spreading apart is because my scrotum is, uh, well, it's swelling up to the size of a grapefruit. It's like the Grinch is hard on Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And it grew nine times that day. And I'm, now I've got, this, I've got this watermelon between my legs. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I done? So I call the doctor. He's like, eh, maybe you shouldn't have gone running. <laughs> Thanks, doc. I was like, what do I do? He's like, well, I'm going to have to keep icing it in probably three or four more days now. So I go through this entire thing with frozen peas that I bought at the, at the, at the store and all that stuff. Uh, I basically kind of screwed something up there uh, along the way. It repaired, but it didn't repair kind of, I don't know, the way it should have. So many, Is that many, really a repair? Many, many years later. Isn't that kind of like jerry-rigged? Yeah, many like years later. Like if you quote-unquote repair something, but not the right, right. way. Yeah. Like I repaired the bumper on my car with duct tape. Yeah. So probably... God, 15 years go by, right? So I had a little bit of pain. They said, yeah, you know what, man, from that vasectomy, probably. We need to check on some stuff. So they went in there, and 
redid some wiring. Uh, and now. Oh, I don't know who did this wiring before me, but. Yeah, they really messed it up. So they do the surgery on me. And I'm thinking, there's like, yeah, you can go to work the next day. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I get the surgery. It's not that bad. It's kind of bad, but it's not that bad. Same situation, flying on Percocet or whatever the hell. I walk into work, and I mean, I'm kind of loopy. So I, the first people I see are Steve and Castle. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I've got to show up my testicles. So I walk <laughs> in the office. I'm like, dude, you got to see this, man, because you're not going to believe it. The color of your shirt, Mike, right now is not nearly as purple. Oh, oh no. He looked like sack. a true Ravens fan. Oh, my God. My entire satchel was completely purple. So, Rose, just know, when you go down there to wax me, I need you to be a little bit of gentle, more so than normal, because uh, it's been through a lot down there. It's been through a lot. Now, Steve, you've, uh, you've almost killed yourself in your arm twice. Well, the wrist I broke once, apparently the way I broke it was the worst way to break it, because that's how life works, and it's payback for getting blackout drunk. But I severed the artery in my arm years and years and years ago. I did not realize it was the artery. It's ridiculous. It looks like a horror movie. Like, it literally sprays out of your arm. You kind of drop to the ground. I remember being cold, all this stuff. But you fast forward. I wake up in the hospital bed, and the first thing I say to the doctor is, hey, man, you got to call my job. Tell him I'm going to be late. And I remember he starts laughing at me. He goes, son, your parents called your job yesterday. I'm like, what? What day is this? Like, two days have passed. I had no idea. Had this life-saving surgery. Now I'm left-handed. It was an artery on my left arm. So, as it was explained to me, I have hiccups, please excuse me. As it was explained to me, I get to the hospital, they assume I'm right-handed, because 88% of the population is, so bless you. bless you. They were going to amputate my arm from the elbow down. That was the initial call, and that's what happens when you don't have insurance, right? Just that easy. Cut the goddamn thing off. Now, the doctor, according to him, says, man, your eyes popped open, and you grabbed me with your right hand by the collar. <laughs> Said I'm left-handed, and then you threatened me. Should you wait? <laughs> I said I do not remember. He said you were very clear in your instructions about figuring out a way to save it, which they did. They put like this weird metal mesh piece that connected the arteries. Apparently, it was experimental. It sounds cheap by today's standards, but it's twenty thousand dollars. And at that point, my job paid six fifty an hour, and it's part time. Like, dude, I there's I had to file for bankruptcy, all this crap. But back to the hospital, wake up. Mm-hmm. You feel like you have to go to the bathroom, so I throw back the sheets because I'm going to go to the bathroom, and I realize there's a catheter in me. I have never had a catheter before, and it is it is bone-chilling to look down and see this thing <laughs> because it is much wider than you believe your urethra should be, right? Because you look down. Really? Does it look like a garden hose in there? No, it's about the width of a straw. Thicker. Picture like a kid's thicker thermos. Thicker than a straw? Yes, like the straw you'd find on a kid's thermos. Like the, oh, like the big fatties. Yeah, so this thing's coming out of me, okay? and Ah! Yeah, so you have ah. the thing where you can buzz the nurse, so... <laughs> nurse walks in, I'm like... You gotta keep... I'm freaking out, man. I just Because I don't understand how they got it in. My penis is gonna be ruined, whatever. She said, look, dude, it's tapered, right? So this thing comes to a very fine point. It's We lube it up, it's inserted, and then it expands. Okay. Whatever, that's fine. So this thing's at me for like 36 hours. And you feel like you're always peeing. It's just the weirdest. You feel like you're constantly peeing, but you're not. So I hated it. So once again, 
nurse comes in. I'm like, hey, please, can I get this thing out of me? I just, I'm really uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. And I'm bugging her about this for a while. The day finally comes that she's going to remove it. And as you may have guessed, she's not fond of me. I am not <laughs> fond of her. And she said it's going to sting a little bit when I pull this thing out. She's not kidding. And I just remember the look on her face when she finally pulled it all the way out. Because that's the moment of the sting. And there was this weird look of satisfaction knowing she was causing me pain like inside of my penis, which is a weird. Now, it's not it's not something you can't handle, but it's not something you need to do again. <laughs> you know, that's the best way to say it. It's like stubbing your toe. You'll survive. But you want to avoid it as much as you can. right? So she gets it out. No big deal. Now it's the time I'm finally going to get up, go to the bathroom. Bathroom's about an eight-foot walk. Now, keep in mind, when I cut my artery, I lost three pints of blood. You don't realize how fatigued you get, and they gave me one pint back. Right? So you, get, you lose three pints. They gave you a pint to keep you alive and let your body rebuild itself. You don't realize how fatigued you get. So just to get from the bed to the bathroom is this laboring, laboring thing, and you're holding the thing that has all your juicy yeah. bags yeah. hanging on it. So but I get into the bathroom because I'm just going to prove to her, God damn it, I can make it in there. And finally, the time comes, I'm going to pee in the toilet, and you don't realize how much you miss it until you haven't been able to do it. In a minute, I put my hand on my penis for aiming purposes. My penis did something it had never, ever, ever done before, nothing I ever wanted it to do, and nothing I knew it could do, which is fart. So, I mean, the lightest, as soon as I grab it, Nurse shows up. I'm like, hey, 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 man. My d- just farted. She's like, sir. I'm like, no, you need to listen to this, shit, man. My d- farted. And she's kind of looking at me, but I kept squeezing this sh- to show her, you know. The d- 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 it did not do this sh- before I got here. Thank you for saving my arm. Fuck this. We got to figure it. I go on and on. She says, sir. She goes, that's completely normal. I said, no, it's not. People's penises don't fart. You know what I mean? Like, this is not fucking normal. What is going on? So the idea is this. When they put the catheter in, for obvious reasons, a lot of air gets in there. Yeah. Okay, you say, yeah, I don't know this. Certainly not at the time. All I know is, before I got to the hospital, my penis never farted. Now I'm in the hospital, my penis won't stop farting. Every time you touch it. Right? And I mean, like, <laughs> not, it's always, <laughs> so when the nurse explains that this is normal, and I finally kind of get over this weird hump, all you do in the hospital when you're recovering is nothing. You do nothing. You watch this little crappy TV, and you lay in bed. For about the next 18 hours, I just keep touching my penis. <laughs> <laughs> you got to entertain yourself somehow. Oh. <laughs> But I'm married at the time. Wife rolls in, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, watch, 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 watch. Pull back. To the... <laughs> oh my God. That's just, I'm like, no, 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 listen. Apparently it's going to go away. You do it. <laughs> oh, she did. <laughs> we ahead, were both, we both just like present. <laughs> After about a hey, day and a half. Here, give me that. Oh, yeah. Dude, Relatives, I mean, it's, you want to show your hey, friends. Let me push that. <laughs> if cell phones had existed back then, I absolutely would have recorded it. But. And this is a stupid statement, but when it finally stopped, I kind of missed it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear one of the, it's like the balloon running out of air. So the, 
And then the last couple times, poof. Yeah. So there you go, Rose. You inspired that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. We appreciate it. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush production.